This is an RPPV production. We'd like to advise this podcast contains descriptions of disturbing violence. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome to I Think My Fridge is Haunted, a very creepy podcast. Hello, my name is Gemma. And I'm Esther. Nice to meet everyone. Welcome. Through the audio land. We're a bit nervous, aren't we? Yeah. We've never done this before. I refuse to hear myself on any recording device. I cannot listen to my voice message anything so this is going to be a nightmare for me but i'm really excited to do this so. well it's all right you don't have to do the editing that's for Thank me so you, you know we, we can just release it and you can just read the comments on yeah Instagram. i will i'll just i'll just stalk the feedback and if anyone writes bad reviews then i'll you can deal with that i will stalk your family and your workplace and you can, you can haunt them yeah that's it i'll wait till i'm dead and then i'll come after you so r- leave us a five-star review do it. Thank you. <laughs> You've been busy lately. Have I? I have. Uh, yeah, kind of. It ha- doesn't stop with me. Um, yeah, you know, I just got married. I mean, <laughs> hello. Congratulations. Thank you. I was just, it fun? It was. You know, it is the. it was the most stressful thing I've ever done and the most terrifying thing and, um, you know, you and I take our clothes off in front of strangers. Yeah, we do. Every weekend. Mm-hmm. And that didn't, that I could have done that a thousand times over and the wedding day would still be the scariest thing I've ever really? done. Really? So when I got married, my mum was like, are you nervous? And I was like, no, I'm just going on stage. I see. I kept telling myself, "It's you do this all the time. It's fine. But no, it was petrifying you just gotta repeat what the celebrant says and say yes and blah 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 it's easy (laughs) my husband was like oh i'm so glad you came i was like what (laughs) he thought i wasn't gonna turn up yeah no well it's too expensive to not rock up it's true isn't it it's so true we don't have that option normal people (laughs) celebrities yes normal people no you've got to go through with it (laughs) (laughs) so let's get into it i think my fridge is haunted what's this all about okay guys this is a very creepy podcast for and by very creepy people so gem and i um both share an interest in the creepy, the spooky, true crime, cryptids, aliens, conspiracy theories, um, anything that makes, I don't know, makes you go, oh my God, can you tell me more? Yeah, I like to think I'm one of those people that sort of at parties goes, oh, you're into true crime. Oh, mm. Who's your favorite serial killer? Yes. I mean, not favorite. I mean, like, you know, like, what's, you admire, what's the, but not admire, but, not admire but, like, but you know, what's the one that interests you? Yeah. yeah what's your favorite? Where are you those to, people? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, that is a question I ask anyone I meet. Um, and I think it also shows the type of character you are. If you react really harshly to that question, then you can kind of gauge 
yes what type of conversations you could yeah because they're like oh my god i can't deal with scary movies i just can't even watch them i have to like you know i fall asleep to scary movies like i I listen yeah i listen to scary scary stories and that kind of thing it's i find it really relaxing and soothing but other people like no i have to close my eyes can't do this yeah all the lights on everything no 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 give me a ghost give me a killer and i'm a happy girl yeah yeah Give me a Sasquatch. Give me a Sasquatch. Give me a... Uh, oh, I can't... I cannot wait to tell you guys. Oh, there is one that I know that scares you, though. Oh, okay. That one. Okay. You so know the one. I am petrified of a certain haunted doll. I can't even say his name um, because I am that terrified of him. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'll ever be able to cover it because it is weird well weird look, stuff happen i don't like parasites and you want to cover <laughs> parasites so if we have to do parasites i'm going to okay. spend most of the time in the bathroom throwing up <laughs> so if we have to do that then we've got to do the doll one okay because okay. it doesn't that's scare your me. hint it's a doll um we'll do one episode of stuff we're both really scared of okay that's yep. fine all right, all right. okay i'll just have it. to like bless all right we should on it okay Good. all right it's happening all right, well, should we get into it? Okay, let's get into What's it. What's our... F- oh, ooh. Ooh. Do you have a fact from the freezer? This is my fact from the freezer. This is what we're going to do. Okay, um, your weird fact. Uh, maggots and mayflies can breathe out of their butts. I tell this to everyone I meet. That's really it's random. It's an icebreaker. That, yeah, it is. Yeah, I think... Of sorts. The th- well, what I'm imagining, because I, I just heard it... I heard it from another podcast, but um, apparently it's so they can just like continuously eat. They just keep eating and it just, and they can breathe at the same time. Oh, I see what you mean. It's like a tube. Right. Wow. So that's why like there's so many of them because they can just do, they can multitask so well. Yeah. That they could just keep reproducing. Yeah. It's like constantly eating and breathing. And can you imagine if humans could do that? There'd be so many people people on the planet. There's a lot of smelly people. Well, true. On the Frankston line. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Frankston. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we're from Frankston. Well, so around Frankston. Yeah. And if anyone's listening from overseas, um, Um, Frankston Frankston is is like the... mm, If Jonestown had lots of... How can I be sensitive about this? If... Okay. If you mixed Jonestown with... The characters from Summer Heights High. Oh, my God, yes. And Neighbours. Yes. And Rebel Wilsons everywhere. True. Then you'd have Frankston. With the train Take station. Take away the It has to have the train station. Yeah. And, yeah. and the seagulls. Yeah, the seagulls. And this, my, you know, my auntie found a horse's head washed up on the beach at Frankston back in the day. Stop. That's what I tell people when I describe Frankston. I'm like, yeah, my aunt was on the beach having a nice day and a horse's head just flew. Just floated up <laughs> oh my god yeah so frankston i don't even know what to say to that Shout that's to crazy but you know what's crazy i believe you you know i hope so it, well it, that, that's the type of thing that would happen in frankston yeah there's your there's your overseas um description for foreigners yeah we're really selling Come it aren't visit we the peninsula yeah true the further down the peninsula you get, the more affluent it is, though, like the nicer and the more posh yeah. and more richer people and that kind of thing. We're at the top. Mm. No, but the, <laughs> see, not, rich people aren't always that great. 
No, I'm not saying they are, but the surrounds are nicer. They are very pretty. Anyway, thanks for that fact. Yeah, okay, your That's fact. That's fun. Okay, so I found a fact um, that I actually found out was false. Oh, uh, the fact that I found out was so a pregnant. It's not a fact. Well, no, it's not. It's a non-fact. Okay, All but right. I've got a real fact after it. But I just okay. got to mention it. Uh, pregnant goldfish is called a twit. Oh, that's cute. I know it is cute, that's isn't it? Rude though to call the fish. But then I looked it up and like, and I looked up like, what is a pregnant goldfish called? And it's it's like an urban myth. Oh, one, that's a weird urban myth. I know. It's dumb, isn't it? It's not much of a like a crazy myth. Like, it's not that shocking. Anyway, so I've got a better one. Okay. But good. this one is true. <laughs> Apparently, says Google. Oh. Armadillo shells are bulletproof. Oh, I don't believe that. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. A fact that came to light when a Texas man shot one with the bullet ricocheting off the animal and hitting him in the jaw. Yeah, but okay. The Texas man, right. So he could, he could be any sort of Texan. He could be a drunk Texan. We don't know what type of gun he was using. Stereotypical Texan. You mean it could like have been like a pellet gun or something? It could, could have been like, what are they? Spud guns? I don't know what what that is. It's a gun that shoots spuds. Okay. So it wasn't a machine gun. Yeah, we have to know what type of gun. I just thought that the thing about it that makes me feel, feel like it's true is the fact that it, he got hit in the jaw. It's a random place, isn't it? Like, it wasn't. He got hit in the face, or he got hit in the heart, yeah. or the kneecap. It is, it's it like is, the jaw. It's yeah. just random. Yeah, it's like saying you got shot in the earlobe. Yes. <laughs> so that's what. I, so that's what made me think. Well, it must be mm, true. That's like a trick question in an exam. <laughs> You have to go with the real abstract one. All right. Well, that's... Well, I mean, how do you hunt armadillos? Is that what you were saying? Or aardvarks? I forgot. Armadillo. Armadillo. Surely... Because people hunt them. Do they? Yeah. It's like on the black market. It's like... Oh. The the shells. I'm pretty sure they... Oh, my God. That's yeah, so sad. Like huge, they must like poison them. trade for it, probably. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah. People suck. People suck. <laughs> On a brighter note, guys, let's talk about some spooky... Yay! I mean, the, my story is not that um, positive, so apologies. <laughs> what are we going to do now? <laughs> we, we just brought it all down now. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll bring it up and then I'll make it a little bit medium and then we'll go down a little bit and then I'll bring it up again. It's a roller coaster ride. It is. Cool. It is. All right, well, let's do it. Oh, what have God. you got? All right. All right. My story is... The Suicide Forest in Japan. (gasps) Amazing. Yeah. So this one was quite heavy to research. I'm obsessed with Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, I tried learning Japanese a while ago and I was so bad at it. I can't imagine that's an easy language to learn. It's not. It's Is it a tonal language? Mm, It's Yeah. it's, It's got a lot of like lilts and it's all in the delivery. Wow. It's like. Okay. It's. Girl, it's, it's complicated. It's hard. Yeah. English, yeah, nah. J- Japanese, I wish I could speak it, but I can't. So there's a lot of pronunciations that I will butcher, and I apologize. I've actually had to write out the the sounds. So um, bear with me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try, but here's my story. Okay, so the suicide forest is called, let's see, 
Oikigahara. See, no. I'm go- I I'm pronounce just- it Oikigahara. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if that's correct. It's spelled A-O-K-I-G-A-H-A-R-A. So it's something along the lines of Oikigahara. Cool. But I'm just going to call it the suicide forest. Yeah, yeah, cool. that sounds good. It is located at the base of Mount Fuji, which is the highest mountain peak in Japan. The suicide forest is a 30 square kilometer forest, also known as the Sea of Trees. So that's not actually that big, is it, really? It's not. But um, I think being inside the forest it would seem huge true yeah yeah Yeah, true. it's a real dense forest yeah okay yeah so i think if you were lost especially it'd be pretty big right considered throughout the history of japanese law as the home of yuri which are japanese ghosts again i'm probably mispronouncing it i'm sorry especially to the ghosts each year as many as 100 victims take their life at the suicide forest which is crazy and japan is one i think possibly the world capital of suicide really yeah yeah which is heavy i mean it's quite deep in japanese culture there's there's like whole suicide cults and stuff whoa it is oh i should say a trigger warning by the way everyone oh yeah yes yeah but um suicide is quite heavy in japan it's it's pretty intense obviously okay the forest is it's absolutely stunning. If you look up pictures, it is literally a sea of trees. Mm-hmm. It's in- incredible. I really wanted to go when I've been, when the times I've been to Japan, but I haven't made it yet. Many hikers do go to this forest because of the beauty of the forest. And from the forest, you can also see Mount Fuji, which wow. is, I mean, if you follow Hokusai, that artist, there yes. are so many the ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are so many views of Mount Fuji that are just famous in Japan. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a, a, a fact I didn't actually know, but a lot of school children go to the forest because there are famous ice caves, which is crazy. Ice caves? So literally caves just with those, is it stalactites? So the way I remember <laughs> it is stalactites are the ones that come from the ceiling because they have yes, to hold on real them. tight. But it's ice. Oh. Yeah. So wow. melty ice that are melt- All year round? Or just in winter? I think so. Oh, no. That's interesting. really hot. So I'm just... I'm yeah, guessing it it's just in winter. Okay. Um, yeah. So th- I thought that was interesting. Visiting can be quite eerie too. The trees are so closely grown together that visiting some areas of the forest, you literally put into complete darkness. Like the, the leaves are so thick from above that it cuts out sunlight wow so that's like the canopy is so thick yeah and dense wow yeah which i think once you were in the forest would be very especially if you knew the kind of the law around it it would be pretty scary mm. i mean I, I don't know australia doesn't really have oh victoria at least i mean you go to the black spur that's what i was going to say the black spur that is quite a creepy place it is it is creepy but um I don't think we have anything quite like no. the suicide forest. Mm-hmm. It's also com- like in some areas, it's completely silent, which is pretty, like, it adds the creepy element. Um, perfect place to record a podcast. Yeah. Mm. Or, it, perfect place to do anything really, I think. <laughs> okay. So as well as it being silent, picture yourself being in this forest where hundreds of people a year have committed suicide. Mm-hmm. 
not only that, it's so dark and dense that it's literally, it's like having your eyes shut. It's like being in a, a dark room. Wow. Yes. And it is super famous for Japanese ghosts, which they're quite hard to research. I spent so long trying to research individual ghosts and the only real stories I could find are real old traditional Japanese ghost stories Mm -hmm. a lot of demons it's amazing yeah and the artwork is super creepy like cool if you guys like horror movies look up Japanese demons and Japanese ghosts through art um especially we'll have to get a a couple and put them up on the Instagram page yeah it they they're like God, the imagination. But are those ones like you you see on tattoos sometimes? Yeah, like, you know those like it's like a screaming demon. Yes, yeah. Okay. There's like a lot of skulls. Um, there's Hokusai does a whole series on ghosts. Hmm, um, I didn't know that. It's incredible. I thought he mostly just did like landscapes. Yeah, no, he has like a huge collection of ghosts and demons. Wow, they insane! Cool. They're amazing. Now, the reason why it's so quiet is the actual forest floor is made of volcanic rock which has previously been lava from Mount Fuji's 1864 eruption. Now, I, I had to know it was a volcano. Me neither. I had Whoa. to... I, I was like, eight, no, did I say 1864? Yes, I think so. 864. Oh, like ages like, ago. F- oh, girl, like... But yeah, um, the year eight, 864, Mount Fuji erupted. Cool. So the floor is made up of lava. And with that... Um, the forest grew on top of it. So there's volcanic rock floor, then the roots of the trees. And if you Google a picture of the forest, it is thick with like roots. It's crazy. I don't know Mm -hmm. how people walk. Time to get to the creepy stories from this forest. People say that the ghosts of the forest originated from this Japanese tale and it's kind of, it's unconfirmed um, because a lot of people disagree that this was in um, J- the Japanese history because it doesn't sound like something traditional Japanese families even today would do because they're very respectful of their elders. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was called it was a custom called I'm probably going to butcher it again ubasute where. The in feudal times when food was scarce and people were de- desperate, a family might take a dependent elderly relative, typically a woman, to a, a remote area and leave her to die. That's so sad. Yeah, it's horrible. I mean, to me, it kind of makes sense if your family is starving and you you have to look after someone who's like the weakest link. Yeah, I mean, in the in the wild, animals do it. I guess in like herds and stuff, but I don't believe. This is legit because Japanese traditionally are super respectful of their elders. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of historians are like, it doesn't line up, but then like it is recorded in some documentation. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll leave that in the air. Mm -hmm. So many people believe that the elderly who ended up starving to death in the forest, they turned into the ghosts that are there now mm-hmm. and they're super angry oh yeah. wow they're so they died negatively these ghosts are not happy mm. yep and this is where a lot of visitors actually have witnessed these ghosts 
um, assuming that they were the spirits of the abandoned old people. But in the 1960s, things started to change when the history of suicide started to surface. Trigger warning again, everyone. Mm-hmm. Now, it is said that the ghosts in the forest belong to the th- thousands of people that have committed suicide, which already is an insane number of suicide. So did you say it like escalated from the 60s? Well, from the 60s, that's when word got out that this was a destination for suicide. I, I Now, I don't really understand if people started to get drawn to this forest because of the quote-unquote negative ghosts or energy. I don't know. Or yeah. Like, maybe it's some sort of like animal reaction because it's such a dark and weird place eerie yeah i don't know if it's like an animal reaction to go there if you're depressed or yeah yeah i mean it sounds like if you're a depressed person and you go there there's going to be like an air of hopelessness about it you know it's dark it's cold yeah that's it that's it so i don't know but the six see it kind of it it moves down in a minute i'll explain why from the 60s Okay, so many believe all of this started in 1960 mm-hmm. by um, from a book that was published by Seiko Matsumoto called Kuroi Jaka- Jesus, Jukai. I'm so sorry, anyone who is Japanese who is listening to this. And that translate to, it translates to the Black Sea of Trees. Um, people blame this book for the resurgence of morbidity in the forest. The book is actually about two lovers committing suicide in the very same forest. So I think that a lot of people pointed fingers at this story to so trigger like a romantic. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of got its roots in pop culture. Yes. Yet as early as the fifties, visitors were reporting finding decomposing bodies. Interesting. Yeah. So this is where it gets a little bit a bit creepy so 10 years before this book was even published there were still suicides happening in this forest yeah is there something spiritual in the forest yeah. that's pulling people in exactly yeah and that's the thing that's like it relates back to the ghosts like being a negative ghost you don't know if it's kind of convincing people to feel these things or you know step closer to the forest and then people get lost like mm-hmm. it's imagine being in there darkness silence you i think you without water without food you'd start to go a little bit crazy i think mm-hmm. um since the 70s teams of police volunteers and journalists which i thought was really random that journalists were going in um regularly do body searches they almost never leave empty-handed which wow. is really sad yeah that yeah. is really sad um in recent years the body count has sadly increased which doesn't surprise me I mean, so is the population, though. Yeah, so. that's true. I didn't think of that. I didn't think um, that. But I think, I don't know, suicide. Mm. You could look at this from so many angles. Oh, God. It yeah. Just, yeah. It's really sad. Um, in 2004, it reached its peak at 108 bodies that were found in the forest. In one year? Yeah. That's a lot. In one year. And they were in various states of decay. So, again, we don't know you know when they did it it could have been Mm -hmm. current it could have been last year you know 2003 yeah and that doesn't count for the the number of bodies that haven't been found yeah exactly like they'll never know an exact number Mm -hmm. exactly 
remember how dense and huge the forest is um with the with layers of roots and leaves there could be hundreds more and also you know we're talking about a place that is probably has you know foxes exactly well that's it birds of prey that are gonna totally take advantage of bodies and you know you'd you'll never get a an exact number Mm. um okay the suicide forest is like i said before it is the world's highest rate for suicide location on the planet Hmm. and it the only exception which i didn't know is the golden gate bridge well i would have thought that'd be number one say i always thought suicide forest would be number one i didn't know it would be competing so closely with golden gate bridge Hmm. which i thought was super interesting yeah um, authorities have placed signs with warnings such as please reconsider and think carefully about your children, your family, and the entrance. At the entrance, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Patrons conduct regular patrols to the area, hoping to redirect visitors who look like they're not planning on coming back, which is really sad. Um, if you watch anything on YouTube, you'll see abandoned cars that are covered <gasps> in leaves and dust. Oh. And that's so sad. It's really sad. It's it's quite heavy. It is quite heavy. Wow. Um, in 2010, 247 people attempted suicide in the forest, with 54 succeeding. Um, trigger warning, everyone, again. I'm sorry, this is quite a heavy topic. Um, hanging is the most common cause, mm-hmm. with drug overdose coming in second. Really? Yeah, which I thought was, I mean, it makes sense. Recent uh, recent years, it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, what way? What did you think? I don't know. I was kind of thinking people might shoot themselves. Yeah, I guess I didn't even mm, gun laws in Japan. I don't. I don't know. know. Yeah. All right. comes down to gun laws, I guess, because it's the same in Australia. I true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, the Japanese government have now made numbers of successful suicides unavailable, which I think is a really good idea, mm-hmm. fearing that the um, totals were encouraging others to follow. Mm-hmm. You can Now you can visit the forest, um, as many tourists do. I don't know if you've seen the show Dark Tourist. Yes, Ugh. I have. Yeah, well, that has the forest. If you yep. go watch the Japanese, I watched it ages ago when it first came out on Netflix. I love and him. I'm hoping there's going to be oh my god, a second Pat, there's season. Rumors. There are rumors. He was in Sydney the other day. Really, David Farrier. Everyone, look him up. Follow him on Instagram. He's he from New hilarious. Zealand, isn't he? Yes, he's. Amazing. I don't follow him on social media. Oh, I just really enjoyed the show. He just posts photos of his cats and like. Oh, he's like he, us. He's like us. <laughs> I love him. Um, unfortunately, if you do decide to leave the designated trails, so there are trails, um, you can find evidence of the tragedies that happened in the forest. My friend went to the forest and he left the trail and he found he found random stuff like um, he found a gas, a can of gas. Oh. Um, and a noose. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was... And I was like 14 when he told me this and it freaked me out so much. I was so fascinated by it. Wow. But um, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't recommend leaving the trail, obviously, because they're there for a reason. Mm. The forest is super dense. And I think out of respect of people, don't go looking for bodies. Like, I know we, we, we like our morbid stuff, but it's a touchy subject suicide and i think people like you know they choose that place because it's a peaceful place yeah it is super beautiful you know but 
don't go with your mates looking for bodies. That like YouTuber did some it. Some YouTubers. Exactly. We know. Yes. <laughs> um, often there's you'll find things like moss-covered shoes and clothes, briefcases, personal hmm. belongings, photographs, and written notes. Um, and obviously, you'll stumble across bodies, which is horrendous. Um, okay, now back to the ghosts, guys. Many believe the reason there is so much suicide, like we said before, is due to the ghosts of the forest claiming vengeance. So that's one rumor. Often luring visitors off the paths and into the huge expansion of forest. Due to the rich... Okay, this is a crazy one. This blew my mind. Go for it. Due to the rich magnetic iron... The soil in the forest can completely throw off cell phone services, GPS, and even compasses. Yes. Yeah. Which so people can get really spooked out, discombobulated. Yes. I mean, but you would like even me knowing this fact. If I if I went into the forest and my phone started playing up and my compass started spinning around, the first thing I would think is ghosts. Yeah, I I wouldn't be like, oh, the volcanic floor is playing. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, (laughs) I think. Have you seen the movie The Forest? Yes. Yes. With Queen Marjorie. Oh, I don't know. Um, from Game of Thrones. Oh. Um, what's her name? <laughs> oh, and she was Anne Boleyn in The Tudors. <gasps> oh, it's going to bug American me. American blonde chick, right? No, she's British. Oh. Yes, she's fabulous. Yeah, I've seen it. And it's about the two twins. Yeah, and the one twins. Of, yeah, the twins. And she yeah, goes they, into the forest. Yes. And, and, and then the, she gets really confused in yes. there and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. It's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Well, that stuff apparently happens. Natalie Dormer. Life. Oh, I'm yeah, not good she's that. one of those actresses. If, if you know, she's like Jennifer Aniston for me. If she's in a film, I'll just watch it. I won't even listen really? to. It. I won't even read the synopsis. I'll be like, "Yep, I trust really? her." Yep, I oh, mm. yeah, I guess I'm. And J Lo, I'll watch a J Lo really? movie. Any J Lo movie. Do you watch a Jennifer Aniston movie? Cause Damn right, I cannot stand her. Love her. She's the one of Friends, right? Yes. She, she described as what, like the flower of spices. She's like the flower. She's like the. What do they say? If she was a spice, she would be flour because she's so plain. <laughs> oh my god! I see what you. I, I was thinking flour like like a like a daisy, <laughs> the flower of spices. That is such an she's insult. She's so boring. No, she's amazing. Watch Dumpling on Netflix. Oh, yeah, it's tried. such a great film. Okay, so there's a horror movie. There's a Chinese called horror Dumplings. Movie called Dumplings, and then there's this. <laughs> <laughs> this one about this the beauty queen, queen. yeah 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 I'll stick, I like I'll it she's one of those Chinese she's dumpling. one of those actresses she's kind of like you know like an America's sweetheart you just watch it and you just kind of like forget she, the world for two yeah. hours okay fair that's true that's true forget all your traumas <laughs> and watch a Jennifer Aniston flick or nay watch her hair oh girl and just I just run my fingers through it I know it's amazing <laughs> Anyway, um, back to the suicide forest. What a transition! That was a cool segue. It was. Um, many believe that the demons and the ghosts are to blame for all the weird shit happening to your phones and GPS. Um, many people being Esther. Yeah, well, one hundred percent. I would. I could go into the forest with a scientist, uh, an expert on dirt. Um, the inventor of the compass. Who's the guy who made Apple phones? Is that Bill Gates or something? Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. <laughs> I could go in with all of them and still be like, no, guys, it is the ghost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
yeah i'm i'm i hope you guys enjoyed my really badly pronounced story about the suicide forest that was amazing thank you so much it gives you a little bit of insight i mean i didn't i i knew suicide forest from the obviously the name of the forest and um hearing spooky stories but i didn't know the extent of the statistics as well as the weird stuff with the soil and um the ice caves i'm definitely going to go next time i'm in japan 100 percent. yeah i think it's one of those places that you know having listened to you speak about it today it's one of those places that you'll always want to go to yeah and you'll always be like oh damn it i should have gone there you know even if you just go there to have a nice hike yes in the summertime a lot of people go hiking there yeah Um, you see mount fuji um the forest the plants in japan are just they beat any australian native i'm sorry i'm really Ooh. I'm really not, my dad's a landscape gardener. I'm Australian. I've been brought up with Australian natives my whole life. I'm not a fan. I'm sorry. What flowers did give you have? Give me a vine. Give me a like a Japanese maple any day. Oh, I love Japanese yeah. maple. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. What flowers did you have <laughs> at your wedding? Oh, I had poppies, but I made sure there were no red ones because I didn't want it to look like. Um, God, this Anzac Day. I am so Australian. Oh wow. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I mean, girl, it was a mix of, like, culturally inappropriate. I had um, origami cranes everywhere. I had Then I had poppies that were from New Zealand. Yeah. Um, my dress was from Sydney. And um, I think other crossovers of countries. Where's your husband from? Oh, he's from Sydney too. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's from Bristol. Oh, <laughs> oh God, I'm so sorry, England and Australia and New Zealand and Japan and Frankston. Oh, it's just a never ending apology from me. <laughs> well, guys, um, subscribe to us. Definitely. Yeah. If you put up with stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah. If you do want to follow us on social media, we have a Facebook page. Just look for I Think My Fridge Is Haunted. And also the same on Instagram. I Think My Fridge Is Haunted. And um, yeah, we should probably get some pictures up of those those Japanese Yeah, I'll demons. post some pictures tonight. It'll yeah, be cool. That'll be great. Yeah. I mean, you guys will get it when the podcast comes out, which is around Halloween. Yes. I won't just post random photos of the suicide forest with no context. I'll wait till the episode is out. That's a good idea. Yeah, Yeah, that's a really good... That didn't occur to me. It doesn't make sense why they're just posting... Because we're not actually, no yeah. Because this isn't in real time. So we're from the past. We're from the past. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what will happen by Halloween. Um, I'm, getting, I'm getting all my hair cut off. Are you? Yeah. You don't have much to cut off. I know. So it's going to be quite a shock. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I know why you're doing it. Make it easier to put the wigs on. Yes. Is it? Guys, I wear a lot of wigs in my performances now because I have no skill in actual hair. Um, so I it's just, just easy to wear a wig. It's so good to wear a wig. It is so good to wear a huge wig and have your like dirty housekeeping hair underneath and not have to worry about washing it styling it it's it's beautiful i have a lot of um shout outs to wig companies and you're a wig maker aren't you i'm not a wig maker i'm <laughs> a wig, I, I, I do style wigs 
Sometimes, yeah. yeah. I mostly I, mo- I mostly do hairstyling for like weddings and photo shoots and things, but occasionally a wig will come my way and I'll style it. I'm sending my wig your way, by the way, because it ha- it's covered in fake blood and I can't wash it. So it's all I ever wanted. Yeah, it's just a big Thanks. blonde Jean Bonnet Ramsey style wig covered in blood. So it is quite fitting. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, uh, it's my turn. Dun, dun, dun. I got a bit nervous all all of a yeah, sudden. Look, you're gonna see. It seems easy, but it's not. It's not. Mm. Are you ready for this? For my story? Yes, girl. My story. I'm just gonna fix up my uh, microphone for a second. Get comfortable. Okay. So we're going back to England. Oh, your husband's land. Yes. And we're going back to the past Ooh. as well. This is, well, it comes under two names. Uh, the It's known as the Crumbles Murders. Oh, I've never heard this. But also, the, but the one that I'm focusing on today is the murder of Emily Kay. Is Kay short for anything? Or is no, K-A-Y? it's K-A-Y-E. Oh. Yes. Okay. okay. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Oh, I hope you like it. This is one of my, like, I, I love this story. It's just... Yeah, I'm excited. This is, this is great. Yeah. I've loved I'm this excited. one for years. Okay, let's let's do this. Just so you know, details about this story are sometimes quite sketchy or there's multiple versions to this crime. Like, for example, some of the names, um, when I was researching it, you Changed. know, some, sometimes the, this person's wife was that name. And sometimes it, it's just, there's a few, I think it's a game of Chinese whispers over Great. the years, to be honest. Yeah. So we're just going to have to try to put the pieces together okay, ourselves. Let's, let's, right, let's speak out a little map for the listeners. Okay. <laughs> Somehow. I don't know. So the Crumbles murders refers to two separate crimes that took place in the same area. So the Crumbles is a beach. It's a shingle beach in Eastbourne. And I asked my husband what a shingle shingle beach beach was. was, And he said, it's a pebble beach with slate. Do they have shingles over there? Like the chicken pox sickness shingles? Yeah, I think that's everywhere. Is that? No, that's got nothing to do with. (laughs) It's not a diseased beach. It's not like, it's not like a leper colony or anything. No, I was going to say like... If if the type of sand is called shingles, or and if you're in like a conversation when you're like, I have shingles, is it the same thing? Oh, I don't no. know. No, sure. The British <laughs> definitely would get shingles. I just feel like it's something. <laughs> something they would do. Kind of prone to. Yeah, they would just bumps and. I'm so sorry. Once again, <laughs> it's I'm, such a British I'm thing s- to do. <laughs> skin conditions and. So this beach, the Crumbles, is in Eastbourne in England's south. The first murder at the Crumbles was of a young woman on holiday at the beach. Her name was Irene Munro. She was a typist. She was murdered by two men, 
Jack Alfred Field and William Tom- Thomas Gray on 19th of August 1920 and they buried her on the beach before being convicted and executed at Jesus. Wandsworth Prison in February 1921. So that was the first murder, um, you know, just quickly. Yeah. But there was another murder, so that's why collectively it's known as the Crumbles murders. Okay. So, but the crime that we're looking at is the second murder that took place at the Crumbles, and this one takes place in 1924. Okay. Patrick Herbert Mahon, born in 1889 or 1890. We don't know. He lived with no criminal record for the first 19 or 20 years of his life until he got married to 18-year-old Jessie. Wait, how old was he? Did you, sorry, did you say? He was either 19 or 20. Oh, okay. So they're around the same age. It's not some like creepy no. arrangement. No. Okay, cool. No, 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 no. He's, he's, he's got married to another person who's about the same age as okay, him. Okay, sweet. Some articles call her Jessie and some articles call her Maverine. Two very different names. So different. <laughs> so they got married in 1910. Yep. And I think I'm just going to call her Jessie because, okay. you know. Easiest. So now this gets a little bit complicated. So Patrick Mahon was born in West Derby, Liverpool, but he ended up traveling around a lot during this story. So after he gets married a year later, he takes another woman on a holiday weekend to the Isle of Man. So he's starting to become this sort of womanizer. Yeah, right. He's basically, yeah, he's trifling, you know. He's yep. While his wife is living back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, he's like, you know, working. A quotation marks. Douchebag. Yeah. Quotation marks. <laughs> so he pays for this trip with forged checks. Oh, okay. And he was arrested and bound over. So... I looked at what bound over yeah. means and it is like, um, it's almost like a warning, I suppose. Like he was arrested okay. for it and he was, and it's almost like kind of like going out on parole, I think. Okay. Okay. So we didn't right. go to prison for it. Um, and it, there, but then he, he went on to be arrested for embezzlement and he was actually imprisoned. Jesus. I can't say that he went to prison for a very long time because in 1916, he was involved in a robbery and given five years. Okay. So, you know, he's just a bit of a a troublemaker. Shady boy. Yeah. So during the robbery, he'd hit a maid servant with a hammer. So, yeah, he's escalating from kind of like petty financial crimes and he's getting violent. Okay, interesting. By this time, he had moved south to Surrey and his wife is still standing by him, even though he's a complete troublemaker. She gets him a job as a salesman at a company that she worked at called Console Automatic aerators okay what and is that? they sold soda fountains oh they had them back in the day like a soda stream <laughs> well i think or is uh, it a fountain for your garden no 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 i think it would have been like a, like a type of a soda stream type thing they but had like mineral water back then like soda i don't water? know wow all right we'll have to look into it you know next next episode we will have yes 
answers. answers for you guys and for us. And visuals. Because I love soda. It helps with my IBS. So oh. I'm very interested in this. <laughs> but would you buy one from this guy? Uh, nah. He could do it cheap. I don't know. He'd rip me off. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So this is where things start to lead up to what happens at, at the crumbles. Okay. So part of his job was to travel to Moorgate in London to visit the receiver's head office. And it, it is at the head office that he meets Miss Emily Bealby Kay. Oh, God. Emily is a secretary. She's 38 years old and she's described as tall and a woman of the world. Ooh. She was pretty smart and she had invested in stocks. Poor girl. So she had, a, she had her life going for she's her. making good decisions she's doing her thing she's she's got a day job she's invested in some stocks she's tall she's tall <laughs> <laughs> and she's the woman of the world which what does that mean she's foreign or does that mean no she i think travels? that means she's got her head screwed okay, on you know she's her. you know maybe she's well traveled but you know she she's probably she she's she's no idiot no i picture her to look like um have you seen best in show no. I'm going down a rabbit hole. It's that woman from um the 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 beautiful blonde woman from um Legally Blonde. She she works in the nail salon. Reese Witherspoon. No, the big busty beautiful woman. Okay, so she's the busty one that does and the beautiful. Bend and, snap. and she has the dog from oh, Boris or something. Yeah, I can't remember Tall, who, who blonde. Yes. She's she's strong. I can't remember the name. No, but let's just give that yep. visual of um something k katie k emily emily k ek <laughs> jennifer coolidge jennifer coolidge yes. ah she hangs out with a lot of drag queens now which i love is that stifler's mom yes is it yes mom. <laughs> she's so sexy yeah she's like she's goals she is i want to be like her <laughs> all right so that's our emily k okay. in the movie okay. so that's who's playing all emily right, we've k. casted emily k so she's um invested in stocks and she's accrued investments worth about 600 pounds which in the 20s is you know that's a lot of money so it's a lot of money for me now she's been <laughs> She's, she's doing, doing well. well. She's doing well. So in the summer of 1922, the two of them ended up spending the day together in London where they got to know one another better. And before that, they'd been speaking on the phone, you yep. know. Um, Trading. And so they well. had met in passing. Um, and this one day they started actually spending time together. Okay. Let's fast forward one year. For one reason or another, Emily loses her job and she moves to another job as a typist for a finance company, but she's only there for about a month. Okay. I couldn't find a reason for this, but it begins a spiral into hard times for Emily. So much so that she is forced to sell her shares three months later in February of 1924. And to make matters worse, she gets sick with influenza in March 1924 and she decides to travel to Bournemouth to recover. You know, back in the day, people would go to the beach and sort of hang out there for a couple of months. Which, I mean, I've got a cold and you don't see me at the beach. I know. I just I I feel like England's beaches look quite cold from the movies. 
I'm a, you can tell I'm a worldly person. Yeah, look, I, I don't know about the effectiveness of this of this method, going to a cold British beach with pebbles <laughs> on it. You know, I, who knows? Well, I think look, it was it, more for show, really. Yeah, I think it's the it's very theatrical. Yes. <laughs> I feel, yeah, that's probably the only reasoning behind it. So, bless her heart, she's got the flu. She's gone to Bournemouth. She's gone to the beach with the flu. And our... Favorite wanker Mahon follows on, and they ended up staying in a hotel together, and they're booked in as Mister and Mrs. Mahon. Okay, and she knew he was married. Mm, girl, Mahon buys her a diamond and sapphire ring, and Emily starts telling her friends they're engaged. Girl, and after getting married, they oh. planned. No, did they not married? But she was telling people after they got married, their plan to move to South Africa. That is a big change from... She got plans. She is a woman of the world. Mm-hmm. She got plans. She's got She's got ideas. Yeah. Good for her. And there's a record of her telling her sister this on the 5th of April, 1924. While she's writing to her sister... <laughs> sorry, I'm going to be throwing a lot of dates at you. Like, I'm very it, it, dyslexic. It's a timeline. So it's a timeline. Just... Great. So she's writing to her sister on the 5th of April... And Mahon is traveling. He sees an ad for a house rental for a place called the Officer's House at the Crumbles. And he travels to uh, Langley to make a booking. Yep. Thank God for booking.com. You Wait, know, be- is this the Langley? Oh, see, I'm going to put my... No, it's not the CIA. No. <laughs> like a hotel? Like the Langley Hotel? Oh, no, no, no. I think it's is like it a, a town. A town. So I guess if you wanted to go on holiday somewhere, I guess you could either send them a telegram, say, hey, I'm coming. Yeah. Put a doona on the bed. Yeah. Put a towel on the pebbles on the beach. (laughs) See you Sunday. (laughs) I've got the flu again, guys. (laughs) Okay. So he books the house from for the 11th of April. And I've written something small under the name of Walla. Cheeky Cheek. bastard. I know. Oh, he's just trifling. It's just it His never. It never ends. Hard enough. Don't make another another one. Mahon. I don't Mahon. reckon that's the pronunciation. I don't either. <laughs> it's M A H O N. Is it Irish? Man. Man. I don't know. Could be man. I can't. Even my pronunciation. My surname, so, good luck. <laughs> My pronunciation um, matches your Japanese pronunciation. And, there we go. And, and this is in English 50, and I can't 50. even do it. So. Oh, and your go. husband's British, so. Fail. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he books in under a fake name that I can pronounce called Walla. Mm-hmm. Uh, he books it for the 11th of April to the 6th of June yep. for three and a half guineas per week. Okay. And at this point, cheap. well... I don't know how much three three guineas is. It sounds cheap. Mm, well, you know, <laughs> I don't know. At this point, Emily has gone back home to London. So she's recovered. And I guess they planned to take this trip or meet to stay together because she travels to Eastbourne, checks in to the Kenilworth Court Hotel yep. and waits for Mahon, Man, slash Man, to get in contact. So they're going to meet up at this officer's house. Sexy. (laughs) Okay. So moving on, where was Patrick, our friend Patrick Mahon, all this time while she's waiting in the hotel room? Bastards. 
I will tell you. Trifle in. On 10th of April, near Richmond Station, 32-year-old Ethel Primrose Duncan meets a man who walks her part of the way home in the rain to the house she shares with her sister. Mm. Part of the way home. Does that mean he, like, stopped halfway to the to the destination and was like, all right, love, on you go? Yeah, pretty much. That's a sign in itself. Yeah, red flags. Yeah. Red flags. Okay, so he tells her his name is Pat Waller and that his marriage is on the rocks. They agree to meet again and he sends her a telegram on the 15th of April asking if she would like to meet the following day on the 16th of April. She waits for him at the agreed time of 7pm at Charing Cross Station, but he doesn't turn up for almost an hour. Ugh. And this is in the days before, like, Starbucks. So, like, she's literally just hanging out. standing out out in the cold. Literally just, you know, probably in heels. Macchiato. (laughs) Okay. So, he arrives and he's got his wrist bandaged up. Okay. He tells her he sprained it helping a woman who had fallen off a bus. What a hero. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, seriously, this guy, he's a catch. He is a catch. That's not a red flag. That's not a a self-defense wound, potentially. No. No, he's just being a good guy. Yeah. Helping an innocent, helpless, pathetic woman. Because we can't defend for ourselves. Like, No. Helped her to her grave. Fall off a bus or fall off a bike? What was it? (laughs) She fell off a bus. (laughs) Fell off a bus. So... Let's go back to Emily at the Kenilworth Court Hotel. On the 12th of April, she gets a telegram from Mahon asking her to meet him at the station that afternoon. She meets him and they take a taxi to the officer's house at the Crumbles. For some reason, Emily asks the hotel to forward any mail to Post Restaurant Paris. Mm. Question mark, question mark, question mark. I've put in thickens in brackets I've put for myself. (laughs) Which suggests she believed she and Mahon to be traveling there soon after. Mm. Mm. That's what I've also written. Mm. Mm. Uh, But he's booked the officer's house till June. So obviously he's got completely different plans to what she has in mind. Before Emily had met up with Mahon at the station, she had been recorded as going to the sta- sorry, he had been recorded as going to the Stains Kitchen Equipment Company and buying a 10-inch cook's knife plus a small meat saw. I mean, don't trust a man with a 10-inch cook knife, especially if he's a cook. I don't know about that. I mean, but this guy there's some even great a... cooks out there. I don't, know. I don't know. Look. Don't trust a man with a 10-inch cook knife who isn't a cook. Okay. Fair enough. He's Look, got I no just reason. I don't really trust a ma- men. So. <laughs> you just married one. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Going back to Emily. A butcher saw Emily on the Sunday. The staff at the hotel saw her on the Monday and possibly on the Tuesday because she was going in to see if they had any post for her. 
which takes us up to the evening of Tuesday, 15th of April, when neighbours say they no longer saw Emily. Mm. Now, remember, Mahon is in London the following night on his own with a, quotation marks, sprained wrist. Oh, this guy. This guy. Ethel Primrose agrees to travel to Eastbourne and stay with, quotation marks, Pat Waller for a few days. Obviously, she isn't aware of his girlfriend, Emily, He takes her out for the day, out for lunch, out for dinner, finally back to the officer's house where they stayed for three days. So, you know, he's he's showing this girl a good time. And where's Emily? Uh, This is just textbook. Yeah, I know. So Ethel noticed while she was at the officer's house, she, she noticed women's shoes and cosmetics at the house. And Mahon told her his wife had been there recently to stay. Girl. On Easter Saturday, Ethel went out shopping while Mahon went to the races. While he was out, he dropped by the post office and sent himself a telegram. It said, must see you Tuesday morning, 9, Cheapside, from Lee. Okay. He took Ethel for dinner and they went back to the officer's house. The next morning, Ethel saw Mahon trying to lock the door of one of the bedrooms. She could see inside the bedroom was a brown trunk, and he told her there were valuable books inside the trunk, and he didn't want them stolen. Okay, so we're talking like... Like the Egyptian book of the dead, like that's supposed (laughs) to be in a museum. You know, we're talking Sotheby's level collectors, you know. We're talking manuscript of jk rowling yeah harry potter yeah you know devil wears prada (laughs) that stressful situation yeah and hathaway it's like it's 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 the first edition of the bible it's still written on stone okay (laughs) it's um dolly magazine back in 2007 when 2007 girl i was reading that in 94 i had sex ed yeah didn't we all sealed section yeah Dolly Doctor. Dolly Doctor. (laughs) I learned so much. Oh, Lord. Anyway, (laughs) so she's seen this brown trunk and he tells her there's valuable books inside. Mm -hmm. And to sort of, you know, put an exclamation mark on his point, he screws the the door closed. Oh, girl! I mean, get this isn't out. even his house. Like, and he's These and he's and signs. he's you know he's screwing doors closed, screwing a door shut. Yeah. Uh, Mahon showed her the fake telegram and said they had to head back to London. So he's basically saying, "Get out." <laughs> so Monday they took a train home, watched a show at the Palladium, and Mahon dropped Ethel off at her house late that night. So let's go forward a couple of weeks to the 30th of April. Jessie Mahon, Patrick's wife, the up OG. north. OG. The one that's still sitting Waiting at home, way. knitting the world's longest scarf for Reading when he comes home. Dolly magazine. Exactly. Waiting for a, a man. <laughs> uh, so she knew something was up with him. And... She she kn- she knows he's a troublemaker. I mean, she's stuck by him all these years. Yeah, he's been to prison. Honey. You know, he's been embezzling money. He's buying 
things with fake checks. He's, he goes to the races by himself. Goes to the races, full stop. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's hitting housekeepers over the head with hammers. Yes. I mean, red flags, man. Yes. So she goes through his jacket pockets because she wants to find out what he's been up to. Next level spy. Yeah. She finds a left baggage ticket mm-hmm. and she shows it to a friend of hers who's actually a former railway police officer. That's a good type of friend to have. I know. Handy. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. So she's like, dude, look, I found this, you know, baggage ticket. My my husband, you know, he's always away, like, you know, quotation marks on business. Mm-hmm. Like, can you check this out? So he takes the ticket down to the station at Waterloo and he asks for the bag. He takes the bag and he pries open the sides. So yeah. he, he's not like breaking the lock or anything like that. He's just sort of prising it open, see what he can see. And he sees inside a knife and female underwear and it's got blood on it. That's just textbook. Dodge. Yes. <laughs> How do you cover that up? Uh, well, I'll tell you. I, he's, he's got a plan. This of guy, course he does. This guy's got a plan. <laughs> he So he puts the bag back and he tells Jesse, just put the ticket back in the jacket. Mm-hmm. And Which I think you would do. Like if you, if you're, if you found that your husband had a, a suitcase full of yeah. blood and weapons. Put the ticket back. You just slowly put the ticket back. You know nothing. Pocket, sit back down, grab your dolly magazine and just continue on. And maybe pack an overnight yeah, bag like plant with your passport. into motion. Yeah, and maybe a hundred bucks. Get out of there. And take your a change shoes. of underwear and, yes. you know, a hairbrush. Yep. And some just in case you have to go on the run. Oh, I'd be, yep. Yeah. 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 You would. 100%. So then her friend contacts the chief constable and he tells him what he's seen. And the chief constable sends a detective, DCI Savage, mm-hmm. uh, down to the station. Dick Savage. No, no D- DCI. DCI. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love where you took that. That's amazing. <laughs> You're obsessed with drag queens, aren't you? Or that's, that's like that's like that's all like a great drag king name. Yeah. Well, I'm in a drag show tomorrow night, so maybe I'll just. You're preoccupied. I've got Dick Savage on my mind. <laughs> Jesus. So Dick Savage. Okay, Dick Savage is assigned the job of investigating this case. See what I did there. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) That's good. What a great pun. That's our first t-shirt design. (laughs) (laughs) Never investigate the case. (laughs) So he too goes and looks in the bag and replaces it and waits for Mahon to come and claim it. And the next evening, 2nd of May... He actually does. Okay. He's arrested and he's taken to Scotland, Scotland Yard. Yep. Mahon admits the bag is his and Dick Savage opens it. <laughs> there were items of women's clothing covered in blood and disinfectant. Oh. As well as a racket bag with the initials E-B-K. Emily Bealby K. They ask him, and I also read like um, that he had sprinkled disinfectant. So I think like the disinfectant was like a powder back then, or kind of like um, like a lime, like lime. Yeah, I'm sure there's still like like, a disinfecting um, powder you can get. Well, I'm a cleaner by day. You are, so you would know. Well, the thing is, I 
I don't think I do. I'm I don't, thinking I don't know like, if there's I know, a power. I think I am thinking back to the 80s and thinking it was yesterday. Wait, yeah, do you it's not the 80s. Do that? Isn't this story set in like the twenties? The twenties. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He so so they say where did this blood come from? And like I said, he's got a plan. Of course. He replies he'd been carrying meat for dogs. Oh yeah, because sure. he's such a good Samaritan. And I I know I always carry my dog food wrapped up in women's underwear. You know what? That's where I keep my blood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you not? <laughs> so Dick Savage replies, and this is amazing, that explanation won't do. Savage. Ay. Savage, dude. Hashtag savage. <laughs> Hashtag. Be like DCI savage. DCI. Okay, so it's not yes. exactly Dick. No, 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 no. It's DCI, like detective. Oh, oh Jesus. Inspector. Esther, you're studying criminology. You don't know these important initials yet? Hashtag fail. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so he says that explanation won't do. And they sit there in silence for an hour. Look, which seems that is pretty intense. I mean, but I've seen some footage of interrogations and the, the criminal will sit there for hours 12 hours in silence holy cow i'll I'll have to find the video and post it on instagram like they're literally just going through their head all the different types of ways they can try to get out of this they will sit there in silence they will they will go on hunger strikes they'll just sit there like wow i can't remember there's some there's some murderer out there and there's footage of him on the internet and he's just sitting in the room and i think it's like maybe six hours before he's like you know what all right. I'll and did happening. the t- detective sit there as well? They just sat there with him. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so frustrating. It is crazy. Just staring at each other. Yeah, it's literally like, you know, refusal to speak. Wow. So, mm. huh. so after an hour, which I thought was a long time, apparently not, uh, Mahon says, I suppose you know everything. I'll tell you the truth. Nice. And it takes two hours to take down his full statement in which he claims that on the 15th of April, a couple of weeks before, he and Emily had got into an argument during which she had thrown an axe at him, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and the axe hit the door frame and they struggled. She fell, according to him, and of she course. hit her head and died. So he was innocent. innocent. So he's an innocent man. Yeah. Men are know. victims too. <laughs> Well, he is. <laughs> yeah, you know, she she was the one that instigated it. She threw the axe for out of rage. He avoided it. It hit the wall. I'm sure there's a mark in the wall. And then she just happened to lose her balance and and hit her head and it's die. All, it's all very. And he just kind of stood it's all back. Very the whole straightforward. Time. Yep. Easy. That explains the knife in the case with the the underwear that's bleeding totally from her head yeah okay cool so the officers head down to the house and they do in fact notice blood stains in the living room Mm. but no mark left by an axe in the door frame Ah. the officers also noticed a terrible smell 
Mm. So more red flags. The disinfectant didn't work. Mm -hmm. In the brown trunk in the bedroom, also marked EBK, they found four parcels containing dismembered remains of a woman. So you mean the dog food? Hashtag dog food. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, They found... Oh, okay. Just prepare yourself. Trigger warning. Yeah. Violence. Yeah. They found her heart and other organs in a biscuit tin and in a hat box. And there were boiled body parts in a Mm. saucepan. Not unlike... Catherine Knight. Yes, exactly. But unlike Catherine Knight's case, Mm -hmm. they never found the head. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, So what he'd done was he had dismembered the body. He spent the whole Easter weekend with Ethel. Jesus. Then he returned to finish. So he said to her, we've got to get back to London. This Lee guy has sent me a telegram. We've got to go and we'll watch a show while we're there. And then he's headed back to Eastbourne. Yeah. And he's been cutting Emily up. He boiled parts of the body so he could then cut them into smaller pieces. Other parts he burned from two grates within the house. Human ash was later found along with bone fragments in the fireplaces in both sitting rooms. That is intense. Yeah. And to just to be able like sure, I mean if you if you actually look at his profile and he starts off as a criminal doing kind of petty stuff. Exactly. But then yeah. it progresses into him being violent towards women. Yeah. We don't know if he was violent towards men. Probably. Well, who knows what else he did, what else he did that we don't know about. But to then this was premeditated and to murder someone begin to um uh, you know process the body then to go away for three days with a lover yes and and just it indicates a callousness doesn't it it? it's it's really twisted and then to like like he's not he's not feeling any remorse no like almost in honeymoon phase you know having sex and going out to shows and whatnot and then yeah. coming back like it and then you know resuming back, back to, to it to like it's a project that he's working on that really shows his the type of kind of monster this guy was exactly yeah disgusting so it actually took him a couple of weeks to dispose of the body and mahon said i boiled some of the body in a pot I burned the head in an ordinary fire. Mm. It was finished in three hours. It's craziness. I know. The next day I broke the skull and put the pieces in a dustbin. That is hardcore. I mean, you know, literally just for the rubbish to be picked up. Yeah. As if it's just something he scraped out of the the fire. The thigh bone I burned... It is surprising what a room fire will burn, he said. There was one in the back sitting room and one in the front sitting room. So he would have just been churning it out. Oh, yeah. Which is crazy. That um, I wonder if that house is still there. I reckon it, it would be. be. I reckon it probably Imagine, would be. Yeah, I'll look into both that. fireplaces being used as a homemade cremation pit. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, you, he said uh, there was one in the back sitting room, one in the front sitting room, and you'll find some bones in there. Her clothes are still there. I used the silk and cloth to wrap pieces of the body in. 
The night I was arrested, I was returning to the bungalow to get some more. The bloodstains in the trunk will be from pieces of body I put in there till I could carry them away. Mm. And in fact, between 900 and 1,000 bone fragments were found in the grates. Amazing work for them, though. Yeah. What a job. I'm I'm not... I mean, how do you f- figure out like what's what's a piece of bone and what's like a, just a charred just, piece of something else? What was this in the twenties? Nineteen twenty-four. That's to me. That's just so um, advanced. S- such an advanced thing to be able to do it in, in that era. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like so many crime scenes nowadays are so botched. Mm-hmm. Yet in the twenties, these guys managed to pull out. It showed dedication. Yeah. It's really good. It's, yeah. it's so different to a lot of the dodginess happening at the yep. moment. So it was surmised that Emily Kay had found out about Patrick's criminal past mm-hmm. and it also found out she was pregnant with his baby. Mm, Jesus. She threatened to go to his employers and expose him unless he eloped with her, which is possibly why they had their post relocated to Paris. Okay. In July, Mahon's case went to trial and Ethel Primrose Duncan testified that she knew nothing about the murder. Mm. See, that's tricky. She might just be a dumbass. What, I mean, seriously, what, is she blind? She, she could have been. We don't know. Well, that's true. That's a thing. Uh, during the trial, two men of the jury actually collapsed and had to be replaced due to the gruesome nature of the evidence. Mahon broke down in tears, bless his heart. Oh, poor baby. I know. And told them Emily had been infatuated with him and and she attacked him, resulting in her accidental death. The jury were not convinced and the judge is said to have had contempt for Mahon. So they're they're just not taking it. They're just, they're not having any of his shenanigans. He wasn't pulling a Ted Bundy in court. He tried. He tried. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, he tried. Okay. So the jury's not convinced, blah, 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 blah. He was found guilty of murder and hanged. Good. Amen. On September 3rd, 1924. So this really didn't take long. I mean, she died in April. Some said he tried to jump away from the gallows as the trap door opened. Okay. So that's one way of... Of executing yourself even faster. Yeah, like that probably, like it's basically like jumping into being hanged, isn't it? It's (laughs) like that's actually probably going to be a worse thing to do. Yeah, that will, I mean, it could, it'll go either of two ways. It'll break your neck really fast. Yeah. Or he'll swing around so bad that it'll be a slow like slump into the hang. Well, they didn't go into any detail about what kind of hang he had. (laughs) (laughs) so our and one thing that he did before before he um was hanged he he sent his wife a letter oh and she remained loyal to him girl until the end it is said that emily Kay had haunted patrick mahon after her death and this is my favorite part of the okay, story. Here we go. When he placed her head on the fire, a bolt of lightning flashed, and the heat from the fire opened her eyes. Some Ooh. versions of the story also claim that lightning struck as he was being sentenced. So I she was actually it. haunting him after he killed her. Yes, girl. 
Uh, I cannot wait to do that to someone when I die. Yeah, and I hope you do. Uh, you know what? I will be greasing off the last person to the very last breath of my lungs. I will. What if make, it's like a poor doctor? You know what? Doctors... N- I don't know. Um, but you know what? They're probably used to stuff like that happening. Oh, they probably get off on it a little bit. Oh, I don't know about that. But <laughs> corpses do crazy stuff. There's gases, man. Gases. Oh, yeah. T- I have some stories. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> about gas. And about corpses. corpses. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week to I Think um, My Fridge is Yeah, okay. That's for it. That's going to be an episode. So the case had a a profound effect on the investigation uh, of homicides to come. Amazing. So one of the key figures in this story was pathologist Bernard Spilsbury, who said that the scene was one of the worst he'd ever witnessed. He noticed during the crime scene investigation that the police officers were handling rotten flesh with their bare hands. Mm. He asked why they didn't wear gloves and they replied they just never did. Yeah, okay. So was created the murder bag or detective's box, a kit designed for crime scenes and containing rubber gloves, tweezers, a magnifying glass, forceps, compass. Oh, my God. Which you can't use in the suicide forest. (laughs) Ruler and cotton swabs. And it will also be our first um, merch. Yes. Don't go anywhere without your your detective box. Your murder bag. Your murder box. (laughs) (laughs) A policy was soon after instituted that detectives must carry a murder bag when they respond to a murder scene. So I suppose that's that's Emily's legacy is, you know. A murder bag. The murder bag. It's improvement. Look, it's awesome, Uh, but... Would you? I guess, yeah, I'd like you're, my you're, memory to be yeah. a, a murder bag. It's yeah, you're cool. asking yourself, aren't you? And then I you're going, am. actually, yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's a pretty bag. cool le- legacy to leave. It is. Yeah, yeah. So that's the case of Emily Kay, and it's one of my absolute favorite stories, the the story of her eyes opening. Um, Hardcore. On the fire. It's just such a scary image. Which isn't, I don't think, is impossible i mean surely i think it probably may may, it may have happened exactly so i think maybe the because the fire obviously would have been so hot that close to you know whatever he's burning it on wood or whatever and it's probably just hit her eyelashes totally or like the thin layers of skin maybe she had those like russian extensions and it's just blown (laughs) her eyes open that cheap plastic eyelash drag lashes yeah stacked Oh, stacked with cheap um, Daiso eyelash glue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your $2.80. Lifesaver. <laughs> stacked. So, yeah. So, if you, if you want your eyes to open on the fire after you're dead, stack those lashes. Stack those lashes, Stack them. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's the end of episode one, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks All for tuning in. two of you. Yeah. in our car we'll listen to this and and cry um if you guys have any spooky stories and i mean anything i'm talking ghosts um true crime um creepy things your neighbors did while you were looking through their window Mm -hmm. um that's what i want to hear the burb style yes um i want to i want to hear about 
creepy kids uh, things kids say and creepy kids um creepy kids that think that they've been born again like they've lived before i want to hear about that i want to we want to hear about um Oh. Haunted houses that you've lived in. Cryptids. Cryptids. Aliens. Yes. Bunyips. Yowies. You're all um, about the bunyip, aren't you? Bunyips are so scary for me. Cool. Yeah. Well, we'll have to talk about them one day. They're the Australian equivalent to Pennywise the Clown. Uh, they live in, like, sewers and stuff. Well, no, don't they live in, like, a swamp? Yeah, connected to a sewer. That's yep. what I was told. I mean... I don't know. You're not going to get a bunyip in Frankston. I don't know. Have you seen some of them? I'll I'll stop. I'll I thought they were more something like out in like the bush, like out in the country. Well, I heard they were in like the um, they were up towards Turidan or like the, the what? Like a, really yeah, creepy. There's some sort of swamp that you can go to that's just outside the peninsula, and it's like ma- mangroves or something. Okay, and that's where the bunyips are, and I it, petrifying terrifying to me i don't really know that's awesome yeah nah scary stuff man get on it i will we want to hear mothman stuff mothman Um, australian equivalent which i would not be surprised because we have big insects so yeah if you just (laughs) i was just the actual like just a big bug let us know take a photo yeah um also you can follow us on all the social medias um, which is, I think my fridge is haunted on Facebook, Instagram. And if you want to follow our personal accounts, um, mine is Pistolina underscore burlesque and gems is Gemma underscore Cherie. Cherie, girl. You can see photos <laughs> of our cats. Yeah. Basically, oh that's pretty much all I post is just pictures of my cats. Yeah. Well, well I only have one cat. But you have cats. I have five cats. Five? I Five. thought it was three. No, honey. Whoa. Yeah, no. Um, the family evolves. Oh, a lizard and a dog and a husband. I've got yep. it all. Yep. Um, okay, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Stay spooky. Stay creepy. And go and pat your cat. Meow. And neuter your cat. And your boyfriends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See ya. Bye. <laughs>